Rebound back by the Matildas. Mary Fowler gets away from Helmgård. She's got Caitlin Ford down the left channel. Fowler finds Ford. Ford starts to straight forward. Caitlin Ford's in the area. Caitlin Ford's! It's Caitlin Ford for Australia. And the Matildas on the fast break. The passing field to Fowler. She's got Cooney Cross ahead of her. Fowler spreads it to the left wing. Cooney Cross runs onto it. Thompson in front of her. Cooney Cross squares it. Fowler inside the box, one way, the other, stabs it forward. Van Egmond's in there, has to turn. Rasso! Hayley Rasso doubles the lead for Australia. And the number 20 has gone up on the fourth official's board. Sam Kerr, for the first time in this FIFA Women's World Cup, here is Australia's captain. Australia, 2 0 leaders. Full time from Stadium Australia. And the Matildas are into the quarterfinals of their home World Cup. So that was the highlights of a team that is getting huge ratings. They're scoring huge goals and they are doing the country proud. The Matildas there into the World Cup quarterfinals as being called by one of SES's own, Jordan Cornelis, who, Raf happens to join us right now. Jordan, have we got you there? Hello, Nick. Hello, Raph. How's things? Very good, mate. Good, Very mate, good. Yourself. I'm well. I'm doing really well. I'm excited for the games coming up today and tomorrow. Yes. So, this is exactly why we wanted to get you on Fridays in the top end. Like, so proud of what the Matildas have been able to achieve so far, but plenty of good football still ahead of them. Um, we've got France coming up tomorrow night. That should be a danger game, but I reckon they can get it done. Yeah, I'm really... Um I don't know, I go into this game feeling a little worried for the first time. I mean, we should always be worried at a World Cup because every team is is playing at their absolute peak. But um, going into the last game against Denmark, I felt pretty confident about Australia's chances. Having seen Denmark play in the group stages, they hadn't really convinced me. It hadn't been all um, all that exciting to watch. So I thought, you know, the Matildas probably have a pretty good chance against Denmark. But France is definitely Australia's biggest challenge yet at this World Cup. They've been building up nicely. They've been scoring heavily, so they're full of confidence. Um, they've had some massive results in their last couple of games. They haven't beaten any major nations in their last two matches, which is no disrespect to their opponents, but Panama and Morocco aren't, aren't absolute world beaters. That's France's last two opponents. Mm. But against France, I, I think this is going to be... This is definitely Australia's biggest challenge, so they'll have to be absolutely on point, the Matildas, to get over the line. So, before the World Cup kicked off, the Matildas actually took on France in a friendly in Melbourne. Can we read much into that game, or do we put that down to it really was just a friendly, this is business? Um, I think we can read a little bit into it. I think the the French lineup from that night will probably be pretty similar to what they'll line up with um, come tomorrow. But also, it is a friendly. Not everyone is, is showing, um, you know, they're not playing all of their cards in a friendly match. And, and France had only been in Australia at that point for a day or so. So I think a lot of them had just got off the plane. They were pretty jet-lagged still. So um, they might not have been fully conditioned uh, yet to play a, a highly competitive match. Um, so you can probably... You can probably you know, take that into account and think that maybe France weren't absolutely on on point on that um, on that in that friendly. Uh, but there is still a lot that you can read into that game. I think from the Matildas' perspective and how they approach the French tactics. Um, but France, from that day to to this to 
this quarterfinal now. As I said, they've, they've been ramping up everything. So from the friendly to the, the first game, which was a nil-all draw against Jamaica, to then beating Brazil, and everything mm. is just kind of built in momentum from then to now. Yeah, so what do you think then will be the key for the Matildas to actually you know, get past France? What have you got to do to unlock them and get the job done? I think being defensively very solid is going to be the first thing. Um, we saw in the gaming at Denmark, so going off our most recent performance, um, those first 20 minutes against Denmark, Denmark gave us gave us a few headaches. Um, their, their captain, uh, Penilla Harder for Denmark, she was... She was running at the defence of Australia. Australia had to, you know, scramble back a couple of times to, to try and quell her influence. And it wasn't until after 20 minutes or so that Tony Gustafsson, Australia's coach, um, started to, to move the magnets around a little bit and and changed the way that the defence was handling the match. And that problem solving on the fly uh, helped helped Australia um, nullify. Denmark's attacking threat and and turn the game in our favour. That's going to be to, that that'll have to be um, something that they do or you know have to be very sound at from the start because France have a lot of power in that team. Um, the likes of Diani, who you'll see up front or on the wings, um, Les Sommer, who's their veteran striker and she's just an absolute world class finisher, uh, and then their their pace out wide on the flanks as well with the likes of uh, Kashawi and Basha. They'll play on the left, so these are a couple of names to look out for for France. That that pace and power that they've got, Australia cannot be slow out of the blocks. I think it's going to be France's fast start that that um, that could hurt us the most. Uh, and if and if it is, um, then then we might be in a bit of trouble. So that's going to be the, the thing that the Matildas have to look at the most. So really, sort so, of state oh, after you, Raf. Yes, I know. So if you, if you were coaching mate do you you know i think we're reading everyone's worrying about what sam kerr is doing do you do you go ahead and start sam after the the, the minute she put in um the other night or do you still bring her in off the bench um for that you know power when you need it yeah that's a that's a great a great dilemma that tony Gustafson's gonna have um I think I think starting her in a quarterfinal match makes a lot of sense now that we're at the very pointy end during the pretty much the final week or the last nine or so days of the tournament. Yeah, there's no point saving her, is there? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You sort of yeah, you probably want to have your, your star player on the on the field. Um, but there's also the question of the midfield battle as well. So the the one the player that Sam Kerr would probably come in for would be Emily Van Egmond. I think I think she'd be the one to go out. But Van Egmond also gives Australia uh, a bit of uh, midfield flexibility. Van Egmond can play as an attacking player. She can play as a defensive player. And that might be critical, actually, against the French midfield. France's midfield is very strong. They control the game really well. So having Van Egmond in the team um, might actually be a positive for Australia to to try and uh, neutralise that midfield battle. So that's kind of the balance that that Tony Gustafsson's going to have to think about. So I'd almost think that you know, maybe having Van Egmond in the team ahead of Kerr could be the way to go. But you know, in a critical game like this, starting Sam Kerr is is going to be pretty important. There's a lot yeah, of dilemmas right. there, but I still think that they can get the job done. Um, we do know that Sam Kerr is the talisman. It is the one that everybody wants on the pitch. But like you said, if if we need to be a bit more defensively minded, maybe it is best to bring her on with fresh legs for a second half. Maybe. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Yeah, and and they. Uh, the French defence, it might be something that, that Sam Kerr can expose with, with her speed as well, um, that the French defence might not be 
the fastest. They've got they've got some great plays in their back half, but I don't know if they're the absolute fastest. Sam Kerr's not lightning quick, but she can move. Mm. Uh, but Australia do have they've got the pace out wide as well. So I talk about France's speed on the outside. Well, Australia's got that and some with the likes of Caitlin Ford and Hayley Rasso. So, um, so yeah, I'm, I'm very curious to see what uh, what the coaches come up with strategically for this match. It's going to be, I think it'll be Australia's toughest match at the World Cup um, uh, unless they make the final. I think if Australia was to win this match against France, I'd actually be pretty confident that we could win the semi-final afterwards yep. uh, with our opponents being England or Colombia in the semi-final um, I think I think that would actually be I'd be more confident about Australia's chances going to that match hypothetically than the one than this up one so, so well and that is tomorrow so if we're going to go hypothetically down the track before we get to tomorrow's game there's a couple of really important matches who you know the Matildas could potentially meet in the finals Spain-Netherlands I think is going to be an amazing game too yeah, that is. That's coming up pretty shortly as well. That's about an hour and a half away. So it's an early start. It's an afternoon match over in New Zealand. So the time zone means it's going to be uh, sort of mid-warning for us here in Australia. But that'll be a fascinating match. Um, Spain and the Netherlands. Spain have been really good, but I want to see them perform against a big team. Mm. Uh, a lot of their a lot of their major wins, their impressive wins, have been against have been against lesser opponents. And the one. Uh, the one sort of high-quality team they played was Japan, and in that match they lost 4-0. So I want to see them do it against a big team before I really give Spain a, a big chance in my mind is to go and, and make a deep run and, and make the semi-final or the final. And today against the Netherlands, it's going to be a, a good clash. The Netherlands were a little bit... Um, they, were, they were stifled a bit by South Africa in their last match, so even even the Netherlands would want a big a bigger performance uh, than what we've what we've seen so far, but but they're a pretty sturdy outfit, and it's going to take a lot of uh, a, a lot of effort from Spain to try and break the Netherlands down. They've got some good attacking players, but I think it's actually in their midfield and their defence that they are that they're pretty solid. Um, so France, um, Spain, I beg your pardon, will have to be at their best to try and uh, pick their way through and try and pick the lock of the Netherlands. But I'm liking Spain in this matchup, but I want to see them do it against another a big opponent because all of the, the teams they've beaten so far, as I said, haven't been, um, haven't been sort of the, the absolute top yeah. echelon. Well, I think all teams left will mean you've got to play your best football. Plenty of great stuff with the Matildas on tomorrow. Jordan, thanks so much for your time. Best of luck with your call today. No worries. Thank you very much. Jordan.